The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the fifth chapter. Jesus said, You are the salt of the earth. But if salt has lost its taste, how can its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything, but is thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A city built on a hill cannot be hid. No one, after lighting a lamp, puts it under the bushel basket, but on the lampstand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have come not to abolish, but to fulfill. For truly I tell you, until heaven and earth pass away, not one letter, not one stroke of a letter will pass from the law until all is accomplished. Therefore, whoever breaks one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to, and teaches others to do the same will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does them and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Christ. You may be seated. Let us pray. Our loving God, we come to you this afternoon, this morning, uh, ready for a full day of activities, and yet we start with you, well, centering our life down in front of uh, the one who has given us everything, life, a future, a hope, reconciliation. We give thanks for this community that gathers each week and more often. We ask that you would be here with your spirit today to give us a sense of courage Our world is so divided and so um, anxious in so many directions, Lord, on a daily basis. We are flooded with all kinds of things that have put us on edge and uh, the whole globe. So we pray that we as Christian followers of, um, of our Lord may be indeed light and salt to those around us and that you might come within us and give us peace and courage to go back out each day to love, and to give as you would give. In your name we ask it. Amen. So let me tell you why you're here. You're here to be salt seasoning that brings out the God flavors of the earth. If you lose your saltiness, how will people taste godliness? You've lost your usefulness then and will end up in the garbage. Ouch, she said. Pastor, that's one hard way to open a sermon. But let me rush to tell you that is the message Bible translation of the text, uh, You Are the Salt of the Earth, that you just heard. But it's done in a little more in-your-face manner. It really is a profound uh, assignment indeed especially nowadays. 
It was Jesus speaking that way. Let me tell you why you're here, he says to those who are gathered on the mountain with him as they listen to his teachings, the Sermon on the Mount. He's just finished the Beatitudes in the gospel today, and now he continues uh, with the next section of teaching. And it is a calling to the nation of Israel. You see, Matthew is a predominantly Jewish gospel looking for ways that there's Old Testament promise and fulfillment. So Jesus is now speaking to the nation of Israel before him, telling them, indeed, that they are meant to be uh, salt and light in their communities. It's very early in his ministry, but already in the fifth chapter in this gospel, he is outlining the huge cost of discipleship in this new kingdom of God, or as the Message Bible calls it, God's government. I like that. Kingdom of God becomes God's government. Jesus is using simple everyday concepts to teach his followers how to be like salt. The salt that they required every day just to preserve and enhance their foods. We know there was no refrigeration at that time, and so salt was very expensive, being uh, imported on ships and brought in very, very precious for preserving their meats and their uh, fish and other things. So Jesus is asking them to be this very precious, almost expensive and rare commodity in their society to be those who are preservers of others, who enhance others' sense of self-worth, who lift them up and, and give them light as well. Both Jews and Gentiles are in that audience, one church being brought to birth to redeem the world and to redeem all God's children. So we use the term salt of the earth, to describe a person on occasion who is invaluable to us in our relationships. Someone who is um, down to earth, we might say, they are really like what I'd call velveteen rabbits in our collection, uh, worn down because so many people have wanted to hold them and be by them. They're unaffected, they're humble. They're grounded in prayer, generally, and they're spiritually at peace. This description, salt of the earth, conjures up a person that was near and dear to me in seminary, my precious roommate, Marcia. We met the first day of class at seminary, and of course, as women often do, we met in the women's bathroom. We were pretty much opposites from the get-go. We stood in front of the mirror to wash our hands, and we introduced ourselves, she, the organic Californian who lived on the beach and liked Bartok classical music, someone I'd never heard of. She wore no makeup. She did wear, however, sleeveless sundresses and Birkenstocks. She had warm, dark brown eyes and hair. She was a great listener, compassionate, serene, eloquent, and generous. But she gave honest and challenging input whenever I was feeling a little bit lost or at sea. And when I was hurting, she was always there, lifting me back up. She was so patient and so gracious. She had countless friends on campus from all races, all genders, all sexual orientations. She loved everyone. Creative in her preaching, 
prayerful every morning she prayed when we lived on the beach our last year she would set the alarm early and go out on the beach and pray her way into the day she made me feel capable creative and she always put me back on my feet after she and I graduated and she went back to California she would send me postcards and she signed every postcard it was her trademark a little drawing of like three peaks and then she signed it with mountains of love marsh you can't imagine the pain it was when one day i received a phone call from her mother telling me that she had been in an auto accident and she had been killed 2 years after we graduated she was taken to the emergency room helicoptered in to the very uh hospital where she had been the chaplain and they were devastated as well who are the salt of the earth persons in your life are they inside the church or are they freelancing out there in the world are they at work where you look forward to finding them again or in the gym where you go to work out or the sports teams when you stand on the sidelines with your kids do they bring peace to your wounded soul time and time again let you know how precious you are even when you've just messed up are they reminding you you are uniquely made by god do they spice up your world with inclusive love Jesus is calling all of us today in these terribly contentious times to be these salty missionaries in our world salty missionaries preserving and enhancing the flavor the god flavor of diversity and of all races and all faces and all religions all around us we need some times to be reminded of our unique giftedness from baptism by Christ to go back into the world and bring light and peace here's one salty missionary as well who i caught on a video this week a teacher in north carolina 5th grade teacher who does a certain welcome handshake to each of his students individually and i don't know how he can remember them all let's watch And so the day begins. Each one recognized uniquely because of their salty flavor in the world. He he enhances their sense of esteem and self-importance. I imagine he has pretty good rapport when he starts teaching 
math and other things in there. Now, because videos are so common on Facebook, somebody went out this morning and told me, you know, Pastor, that teacher does that for three classes in the morning, not just for the one. He welcomes three of his classes that way. So I welcome you to give that a whirl sometime. Um, somebody suggested the pastors ought to do that with the people when they <laughs> greet them at the, at the door. I said, something to look forward to. We will work on that right away. But, you know, this, this whole symbol, I thought, was just so powerful. And, um, and just something I think Jesus would smile at, getting that relationship, the kind of skin in the game, you might say, to incarnational contact with them. There's a saying uh, that says, forget yourself for others, and others will not forget you. Forget yourself for others, and others will not forget you. I think that was true of my good friend Marsha, with all the people she met. It was true of this teacher, and hopefully it will be um, our calling, too, as Jesus forgot also the pain and suffering he was going to have to endure and push through to give us a sense of new life and make us one. I did not count the cost. So I think there is a, I'm sure there is a saying in our liturgy of baptism, that let your light so shine before others that they can see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. We said that for the children's sermon, and it's also part of this Sermon on the Mount that Jesus is giving now. It comes from, the liturgy comes, of course, from Matthew's gospel here. And we, the Church of Christ, are meant to fulfill that commission in countless settings, in our neighborhoods, at work, when we march and protest out on the malls, in respect for those who don't believe as we do. We are meant politically and religiously also to be light and to let them see our good works and to honor theirs. It is a very exhausting time every day, I think. We're afraid to put the news on. You can't imagine what's happening next. Minute to minute, it seems to be uh, moving, but we are all churning in this nation, and it's churning around the world. And so we come together today to remember that we are meant to be salty missionaries wherever we go, bringing light of forgiveness, of patience, of understanding, of honoring those who differ from us within God's family, and let our reconciling light be so bright that it draws others in to the fold. Even when we have been mistreated, when we have been maligned or someone's anger has flared up at us, we are still called to not give back in kind, but to be gracious and forgiving. For the one who claimed us did so despite our complicity in his crucifixion. Let's watch this amazing second story on the video of a light shining in the very darkness of betrayal between a police officer and an African-American man. We end this week with a lesson in forgiveness from Steve Hartman on the road. It all went down on this block in Benton Harbor, Michigan. Back in 05, Jamel McGee says he was minding his own business when a police officer accused him of and arrested him for dealing drugs. You saying the officer made it up? Yeah, it was all made up. Of course, a lot of accused men make that claim, but not many arresting officers agree. So you phonied the report? I did. I falsified the report. 
This is former Benton Harbor police officer Andrew Collins. Were you just trying to chalk up an arrest? Well, basically, the start of that day, I was going to make sure I had another drug arrest. And in the end, you put an innocent guy in jail? Correct. You lost everything. I lost everything. My only goal was to seek him when I got home and to hurt him. Really? That was my goal. Eventually, that crooked cop was caught, served a year and a half for falsifying many police reports, planting drugs, and stealing. Of course, Jamal was exonerated, but he still spent four years in prison for a crime he didn't commit. Today, both men are back here in Benton Harbor, which is a small town, maybe a little too small. Hey guys, thank you. Last year, by sheer coincidence, they both ended up at Mosaic, a faith-based employment agency where they now work side by side in the same cafe. Oh, excuse me. And it was in these cramped quarters that the bad cop and the wrongfully accused had no choice but to have it out. And I said, honestly, I have no explanation. All I can do is say I'm sorry. And Jamel says that was all it took. That was pretty much what I needed to hear. Today, they're not only cordial. Saturday, we went to the trampoline park. They're friends. Uh, you know, we talk about life. Such close friends. Not long ago, Jamel actually told Andrew he loved him. And I just started weeping because he doesn't owe me that. Uh, he, I don't deserve that, you know? Did you forgive for his sake or for yours? No, for our sake. Not just us, for our sake. Jamel went on to tell me about his Christian faith and his hope for a kinder <laughs> mankind. He wants to be an example. So now he and Andrew give speeches together about the importance of forgiveness and redemption. Grab this one, set it over there. And clearly, if these two guys from the coffee shop can set aside their bitter grounds, what's our excuse? Steve Hartman, on the road, in Benton Harbor, Michigan. And... Well, it's pretty hard to believe in so many ways, that, that little story, and it really touches us. It reminds us, I think, of, uh, of our Lord Jesus Christ, who was, you know, meaning the best for us all, and was still arrested and crucified. Um, God had a bigger plan in mind. But here we have a man who all he needed to hear was, I'm sorry. And his Christian faith just blossomed, a light shone from him, and he wants to make a difference. It's, it, was just, uh, it was just a powerful story. And that they continue to be friends and now are going on the road with their story is just too amazing. So I, I think it's a, it's a pretty... Pretty uh, wonderful story of letting your light shine before others uh, in that. I want to um, emphasize I did at the last uh, two services, mostly 745, is our notorious service when we share the peace. It becomes uh, pretty chatty, you know? We're a chatty group anyway. Upper Dublin is pretty good at sharing stories with each other. But, but it would become, you know, so... How are you doing? Some of you come at 7.45, so you know how it goes. It might take us five minutes to get back to the pews, uh, back to our places, because everybody's roaming. They're talking about, you know, their afflictions or the grocery shopping or their kids or their grandkids, where they went last week. It gets to be quite conversational. So I, um, I'm calling us back today to the real heart and soul of the meaning of sharing God's peace with each other. Um, these two gentlemen certainly 
have done it in a very graphic way um, in their live stories. But each uh, time that we say, uh, the peace of the Lord be with you, it means uh, that we have made peace with our brothers and sisters in the church body who may have made us upset, angry, hurt our feelings, cut us off at the meeting, whatever it is. You know, we church people can do damage inside the building and outside the building, but when we do it inside to brothers and sisters, we need to be exemplary and forgiving. Before, the Bible tells us, before you come to my altar and take part of a sacrament that I died for forgiveness of sins for you, how much more do you need to wipe clean the slate, the slate and say that you have forgiven your uh, brothers and sisters in Christ so that you can come and eat with a free conscience and receive my forgiveness. And so um, I'm just saying it's a great thing we need in society right now to be able to share peace with each other. Even outside at a protest march, it is a great practice because uh, the sacrament calls us to... Uh, to be like the body and blood of Christ in the world as well. It's a tall calling. And so we can't be reluctant and hold grudges and then still come forward. And the pastors are just as in need of this as any. You know how these meetings can get contentious. Council meetings, budget discussions, uh, annual meetings, although not this year, any nothing, not a peep. So we're doing pretty good, but I think it's just a good reminder that it's meant to be a liturgical gesture of peace, not, uh, not altogether a time to, to get beyond that in our news stories. And so let's think of that today as we come to the altar and just remember again why we have been called here. Jesus tells us you're here to be the salt seasoning that brings out the God flavors of this earth. And we're here to be light to bring out the God colors in the world, as the Message Bible says. Let us do no less in honor and thanksgiving to our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.